Thinking is hard. And welcome to the late episode mm -hmm. of ETC. It is currently 7.56 p.m. We did had not a really have, late we had, a, we had a long day today. We had a long, long day. But it was day. fun. Yeah, we, we went to um, my work's event. We had an Easter egg hunt. And then we went to the mall and tried to look for some shoes that we didn't find. And then we went to the grocery store to pick up some coffee because we knew that we'd be filming late and we needed some energy because we I were really dying. needed a nap. But you it's too late to take a nap, you know? Yeah, you glossed over the fact that you were the Easter bunny. I was the Easter bunny. I was the main character. Mm -hmm. The big inflatable the Easter bunny. I was the character. Yeah, it was cool. Being terrorized by kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They stole my candy bucket. And then they took all the candy. Rude. They were all like 10 or 11 so they're in that like phase where it's fine to take stuff from the easter bunny <laughs> it's like it's reverse taking candy from babies it's like taking candy from the easter babies bunny taking candy from you yeah babies taking candy from me yeah mm -hmm. yeah today was good today was a good day so we're we're just now getting home and getting situated yeah. ate dinner we went out actually went out to dinner with my work yeah. as well so yeah. yeah yeah speaking of going out to dinner mm. um Tonight's episode, today's episode, the episode you're listening to right now is about celiac disease and gluten intolerance and being gluten-free. Yeah. And this one is a big one for us because, as you may know, we are gluten-free, or at least Bailey has celiac disease, and I stay gluten-free so that I don't get her sick. Yep. And if this is relatable to you in any way where you have an intolerance or some type of disease or, like, allergy then you should probably watch this episode. You can get a different perspective on, you know, food intolerances, allergies, like how to deal with them. Because a lot of people don't know. Like when you go to a restaurant, I get a lot of people who say like, oh, so you can't eat meat or you can't eat cheese. Or and I'm just like, no, no, that's like, that's you can't way eat different this thing because I don't understand what it is. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's just like bread, but I can have a bread alternative of this food. Yeah. So like, wheat. Yeah. Anyway, Anything we'll get we'll get a little bit deeper into yeah. that, but I just wanted to say, you know, like if you don't relate to this episode at all and you're like, mm, gluten free, what the heck? Why would I watch this episode? You can still learn something from this yeah. for your friends, like if your friends have allergies, things like that. So yeah. yeah. All so, right. So how did you find out you had celiac disease? I knew it was it was kind of a struggle, really. Like when did when do you think you That's first crazy. started getting symptoms for, or at least started Ooh. noticing symptoms. Yo, so the wackiest thing is I actually, I can remember it like it was yesterday. So in 2017, I was going through a really stressful period. I wasn't in school because I just moved up to Jacksonville and I didn't have a job yet. I was looking and I, fun fact, I actually applied for Panera. I had an interview I had an interview for Chili's and they both did not call me back. Actually, Panera called me back and they told me I did not get the job. Great thing though, because it's full of bread. Oh, yeah, you would be killing yourself every day. Back then, I only had one job's worth of experience and that was Palio's from Texas. So I've only ever worked at one restaurant. You know, I didn't have enough experience. Other people were probably interviewing, had more experience. So, yeah. you know, eventually I did get a job at Moe's. But in 2017, it was such a rough year from january to may was really really rough i was so stressed out every day was so boring i wasn't doing much and so i was really stressed out and i think come march i started to feel kind of ill after eating and it was a super weird change where it was like 
the day before I was completely fine. Everything I ate was totally fine. I had noticed that I was gaining weight. The end of my senior year of high school, I ended up gaining about 15 pounds. And if I look back at those pictures, like if I literally go back to high school, junior year to senior year, I definitely gained weight. And then by summer, I had been at my highest. And then fall for my first semester of college, I was at my like very much highest. So and I thought it was all freshman 15, like, because we all were getting food, you know, like, the new college thing where you get free food because you're poor. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally. So, we would get free food, like, all the time because we were freshmen, sophomores, whatever. So, yeah, I was super stressed out and I knew something was wrong in March. And so, I told Josh, I actually told you, like, yeah, first thing because I was like, I don't like for some reason I just don't feel right eating mm -hmm. and I would feel super bloated and I would get a headache my stomach would hurt and back then I was extremely scared of throwing up so I would not eat like I would eat the smallest amount possible I wouldn't eat at all I would barely drink water because even water was reacting and so I remember in May you had come and I had started to lose a lot of weight mm -hmm. and we went to the zoo and I wouldn't eat anything and I was like dehydrated basically. In mm -hmm. August, I went to go visit my family. I almost passed out when we went to go to the like botanical gardens in Virginia and I was like, I dropped 30 pounds in 30 plus pounds in like two months, less than two months. Mm -hmm. And I went from like 135 and now, granted, I know I know some of you guys are like, 135, that was your highest. To me, it didn't look good. <laughs> so if, if I ever say that, it probably wasn't my highest or it was the highest I'd ever been in my life, yes. But I dropped 135 to 99, like in two months. I was 99 wow. pounds. Like I would literally bend over my back just like this. Like I would just shrug and you could see like full spine, all back. Yeah, it was awful. Mm -hmm. And I was not well. Like we, I remember going to Disney and I was like, Oh my God. I remember dry heaving in the lines because I was not drinking. I wasn't eating. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? Like you, like legitimately my family thought I was being like a hypochondriac and dramatic, but I had never been like this ever. Like I, I was always healthy. So I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? And so, um, I did go through that for another six months so I was still at 99 because I think at that point my body was like if you like I don't think we're gonna lose any more weight because yeah. we basically lost all the fat and so my even my period was irregular now like it that would, was still when you had the IUD too yeah I still had the um next plan on the one that you have in your arm and so that's a whole nother thing is I, I had to get that out too because it was just causing me I, I had an iron deficiency they wanted to give me iron transplants or um sorry blood transfusions um and i was like no i need to get this thing out um because i i literally was like dying so i i know it sounds dramatic but i i really was yeah your body was not taking in any nutrients it was not and, and what yeah. actually happened was i the next year january 2018 i went to go get an endoscopy and a colonoscopy so i did both at the same time and about a month later, they gave me the results and they told me that I did have celiac disease. I had no idea what that was and that they had found it in my biopsy that they did for my endos endoscopy. They had taken a piece of my stomach and they told me that because they told me when I was leaving to not eat anything acidic because it was open skin inside my stomach. So I literally went cold turkey like the day I found out and I did a few 
things about like research and like symptoms and it all clicked together because what the doctor told me was there are villi in your stomach that are supposed to be like wavy phalange looking things like that just like move <laughs> you know yeah. and mine were completely flat so it made sense that every time I ate nothing was going through like it was it made so much sense so it, yeah literally like literally we, we so pulled it up on the, on yeah, the screen right now what's funny is that i just looked down at the computer and there's like a picture of like what villi are supposed to look like and then there's mine so going gluten-free helps those villi heal but they're never going to be fully like you know yeah normal again so I, i'm always gonna have like damaged but it'll heal so that they can take in nutrients again so i found that out in january um and ever since i've been gluten-free so i've been gluten-free for about three years yeah three almost four years now and it's been crazy like i've gained i want to say a healthy amount of weight back i think i'm still sitting at around like 120 so like i think i'm back at my junior year of high school weight but i'm also working out too so it's like i'm gaining and losing at the same time so anyway yeah so that's that's my journey so far with finding out that i have celiac because one more thing i'm going to add is i had done previous tests from like june to january and then i finally got in contact with a gastroenterologist because they they book out really far so i had been talking to one for like two months and i couldn't get in until january but i had been told i had everything from like an inner ear infection to a uti like just some weird stuff that you're just like do you even know like what i'm going through right now like i've been going to so many doctors and they're all telling me like different things and yeah i guess i don't expect them to know but yeah. at the same time like uh your infection <laughs> yeah i just remember taking like medicine for that and being like what what because i i was telling them that i was dizzy and like i was experiencing like ear aches and like hearing loss types uh symptoms weird stuff that was going on in my brain like imbalances where like i would be so dizzy to the point where i couldn't walk i mean i imagine that was Crazy. just because of the nutrient you weren't getting nutrients to your brain so your brain wasn't able to function properly that and i was eating the wrong things i was literally eating like spaghetti like that my my body was like whoa stop eating spaghetti yeah (laughs) yeah anyway so um we're gonna go ahead and talk about what celiac disease is so like the specific definition so celiac disease sometimes called celiac sprue which i've never heard called that sprue is actually what they call it in england i found that out oh okay sprue. they have celiac the sprue. sprue or gluten sensitive entropy enteropathy mm, that's a word is an immune reaction to eating gluten a protein found in wheat barley and rye if you have celiac disease eating gluten triggers an immune response in your small intestine over time this reaction damages your small intestine's lining and prevents it from absorbing nutrients malabsorption the intestinal damage often causes diarrhea, fatigue, weight loss, bloating, and anemia, and can lead to serious complications. In children, malabsorption can affect growth and development, besides causing the symptoms seen in adults. There is no cure for celiac disease, but for most people, following a strict gluten-free diet can manage the symptoms and promote intestinal healing. I think that's really funny because... I know there's, isn't there like a medicine out there that's like gluten be gone or something like that? So there's actually that. that, (laughs) That's so fake. (laughs) Well, uh, sort of. I mean, if we want to get into the research paper I'm doing. (laughs) I was going to say, I wonder if it's just like a 
gloss you know like when you take the medicine it's just not, like glossing over your stomach so you can eat whatever you want <laughs> not exactly so silly <laughs> <laughs> they're actually looking into there's 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 some research going on research right now going on for it. yeah there's some about that medicine but there's also some going on about cures for people who have celiac disease and i'm like it, but to be quite yeah. honest with you i don't think i would go back to be eating gluten no I think I I'm so it. far gone with I just I don't mind yeah. being gluten free. I know it's more expensive. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. But I think I've come to terms with it that I like it more. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's good stuff. Like eating gluten free, like while it's become such a fad, if it's like legitimately gluten free, like gluten free brownies are always just better. I I don't know exactly how they're pretzels. just more moist. Like the pretzels are crunch. Cake. Like they're they are crunchy and they stay crunchier for longer <laughs> so like the pretzel bag could be a little older than you probably should let it get and it'll still be crunchy pretzels just because it's like made from like rice and yeah. stuff like that it's not made yeah. from wheat because wheat will you know absorb that more than like rice will yep at least from my experience so cake i mean it's good cake yeah, is really good like <laughs> all of the baked goods if they're made yeah. properly are really moist and really flavorful it's not like it, when you go to walmart and buy a sheet cake you're getting it because the frosting gives it flavor mm. the cake batter itself tastes like nothing, nothing. oh my so, gosh unless you get like place. chocolate and then it tastes like the idea of chocolate um but like when you get a gluten-free cake it's gonna be that flavor of cake it's not going to be flavorless except for that place in disney yeah i was just about to say <laughs> there's a place in disney called aaron mckenna's and i, I don't love know how they taste that i'm sorry aaron mckenna you don't I taste love it tastes aaron like McKenna's. nothing no and i can i can understand that because sometimes i get things and i'm like literally it just it's frosting that's cold i'm yeah. tasting the coldness it's cold that's frosting it. That's all it tastes and like. It's cold taste frosting. It doesn't like blueberry, strawberry, nothing. But there is something there that is super good that I feel like I get almost every time now. But it's like the upside down pineapple cake thing. Yeah, anything that with their fruit, amazing. like with the actual fruit, and it actually has flavor because it's getting yeah. the flavor from the and fruit. And also the mounds, like the mounds. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the coconut. Yeah. yeah, like the Almond Joy stuff. So that is really good. So, um, like, in most cases, if you go to the store and buy like a mix or buy a baked good, that is gluten free. It's gonna be probably better than the gluten kind, unless you go to like some gourmet place. And, and honestly, it's lighter too. Like every, I used to remember getting cupcakes, like gluten cupcakes or like just regular cupcakes. They are heavy. They are like heavy, physically heavy. heavy, like physically heavy. And then these are so much lighter, and I just feel healthier eating them. <laughs> like they're better, and they're also lighter. They just yeah. make you feel like you're not eating like. 8,000 pounds of cake with one little cupcake, you know? Yeah. But there's one, there's actually quite a few places that we like. We like a place called Hail Life. They, they make good really good stuff. And I think the only thing I would like to see from them is not a cake donut. So they make cake donuts. They're really good. But I have yet to have a regular donut. Yeah, like a Krispy Kreme like a flaky Krispy donut. Krispy Kreme donut, besides the frozen ones. And that's like a company called Cats. And they make really good donuts, but they're frozen. And I just, I want a real donut. But yeah, those those places are really good. Aaron McKenna, Hale Life is really good. I just think that Aaron McKenna needs more flavor. Yeah. So. And a lot of places nowadays are getting better with offering gluten, gluten-free options. Friendly, and I say that with air friendly. quotes. Yeah, they're gluten friendly because, like I said, gluten 
has become kind of a fad. So people will ask for gluten-free options and not because they have an intolerance or celiac disease, but because they think it's a healthy diet, which it could be. Mm-hmm. I've seen research that says it's not. If you but... do it the right way, the wrong way is being like, oh, I'm going to go gluten-free and then going and buying all those like junk food, gluten-free items that are all calorie full, like completely calorie yeah. full. But a lot of these places will, like these restaurants, will prepare items that do not necessarily have gluten in them. Instead of, you know, wheat noodles, they'll use um, rice, noodles. rice noodles. However, they're going to be boiled in the same pot as regular noodles. Or their yes, fries are boiled. The their, their gluten-free fries, with air quotes, are boiled in the same oil as their chicken tenders, which yeah. do not have gluten-free breading yeah. on them. I think for... Like, I hate to say this, but with being gluten-free, and I'm not saying that this, like, certain allergy is more important than others, but if there is any particle of wheat or flour, whatever, that touches the food, you can get sick. Like, I know it's like 220 parts per million for celiac disease, but there, if you have one crumb, you can get severely sick from one crumb. And this is different for everyone. Not everyone gets sick from one crumb. Like, and there's also different severities. Like for someone, they could vomit from one crumb or like some people get a headache from one crumb, things like that. I'm on more of the side of like medium. So like I get a headache and I just get kind of dizzy. That's not like the worst thing that could happen. I'd I'd take that over the other one any day, but it's just, you have to be so much more careful and I'd rather just not take the Yeah, so a lot of places that we haven't like spoke to the chef or they haven't confirmed that hey look gluten-free stuff is prepared in the separate area of the kitchen away from all the flour that's in the air in the other part of the kitchen we typically will either not eat there or if we're going with friends we might eat before or bring some snacks or something like that which sounds kind of disrespectful you don't eat bringing your own food or eating before but like we're we trying to re- we're trying to remain social with them yeah and like we're trying not to rain on their parade and, yeah yeah and we let them know. i like i always let them know that i'm bringing my own food yeah and at this point with my friends i think they friends and work because you know i have to do that as well with them they know and yeah. they're not they know they it's, understand they're not being like you didn't have to come or like you could have come to the next event or whatever it's like they understand that i have to do this because it's either that or I get sick and then yeah. I, you know, and there's can't only hang so, out. There's only so many places around town that are like within driving distance of friends and stuff that we can go to and feel completely safe. Mm-hmm. So like we try not to make our friends feel bad about t- they wanting to go somewhere else. No. And they'll, they'll often bring up like, oh, look, these options are gluten free. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. What was the, but, what was the uh, one? <clears throat> Carabas. Yeah, it's like, I was yeah, like, Garabas, yeah, te- no. Technically, <laughs> yes, they are gluten-free. Yeah, but friendly. They're not, yeah, they're gluten-friendly, but they're not gluten-free. So well, I appreciate we, your concern and, and appreciate you trying to help. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, just, yeah. We like we really do like when our friends go out of our way to, to look for things like that. And sometimes whenever we come across something like that, I'll just bring my own food and I'll be like, Josh, you can eat. Like, so yeah. that it's not super awkward. And he just brushes his teeth, so it's not terrible. But yeah. Our friends yeah. have been really good about it. Yeah, we really try not quick. to be. We try not to be all uppity about being gluten free. We're just like, hey, that's just what we're doing. Don't worry about us. We'll hand. We'll bring our own food. We'll eat beforehand. Don't worry about us. You're not hurting say, our feelings. I will say that Disney is super good about allergies. Like yeah. so good. They. I mean, all the main ones. So like, if you have like a weird 
type allergy like i don't know what would be like like produce or something like that maybe not but um all the like top eight allergens super good i've never gotten sick from disney or universal but yeah disney universal really awesome like i've it's been just fine so for my composition two class i have to do a research paper with like seven sources and it has to be so long and stuff like that and um so i decided to do glu- like celiac disease because i couldn't come up with anything else that was better to do and i figured it was appropriate you know considering i live you know on a gluten-free diet and with someone that has celiac disease so i figured i might as well educate myself a bit more and i wonder if i can pull that up but from my research i have found that celiac disease is very underdiagnosed especially in children that checks out that checks out so much and by that i mean approximately one percent of the population has celiac disease one percent one percent of the population which is like sounds insignificant but that's so not awful big question that is diagnosed or under like they those like, are di- the one percent has it okay. no no one percent has it has been diagnosed. zero zero point one percent have been diagnosed so zero point nine percent have not been diagnosed but have celiac disease so it's very underdiagnosed in children, particularly because it's kind of rare in terms of diseases that can be detected in children. So the main one of the main things that can be detected in children is like short stature, because when you have celiac disease, you have malabsorption. And in case in the case of children, they don't grow as tall or they'll have growing deficiencies. Whoa, that really makes sense, though. And so there's a lot of other causes of short stature. And from my research, celiac disease is like 3%. So it's it's kind of rare still, but it's very underdiagnosed. And what will often happen is they'll either be diagnosed with a completely different disease, like how kind of you were, like with ear infections and stuff like mm-hmm. that, or they'll be tested and never really find out. You know, they'll be tested in all these different ways, but are never actually tested for celiac disease Mm -hmm. and therefore will continue living with gluten in their diet and, you know, have short stature or failure to thrive, which basically means they don't grow up as as well. Well, yeah. And then over time, like all that damage can lead to cancer, literally. Like it sounds awful, but it's so true because when you keep affecting your body in ways you shouldn't, you're, yeah, you're not going to thrive at all. You're going to be stuck in the same cruddy position, really. So another little uh, factoid is that, according to some research, individuals who have familial links to celiac disease, such as they have other family members that have celiac disease, actually have less severe symptoms than those that get what's called sporadic celiac disease. So other members of their family may not be diagnosed or may not experience symptoms of celiac disease, yet they are diagnosed with celiac disease and their symptoms are often far more severe as in like severe stomach aches and severe diarrhea and headaches and and so on and so forth. There's a wide variety of symptoms that are both typical and atypical. The typical ones are usually like gastro, like gastro, 
gastrointestinal gastrointestinal symptoms mm-hmm. like having an upset stomach diarrhea you know stuff that has to do with your gut mm-hmm. but then you'll have other symptoms like neurological like he- yeah neurological Whoa. like headaches yep. dizziness um, forgetfulness all, all of these other things that kind of are consequences of your body not absorbing the nutrients it needs to function properly and those symptoms are often harder to diagnose celiac because you know, if you're feeling dizzy or you got headaches, they'll probably link it first to something in your head. Mm, it, yo. You know, which is, you know, when you they gave you the I medicine so- for ear aches, oh, yeah. they thought it I was mean, an ear infection. To be honest, I was like blasting them with symptoms. Like I was literally naming everything I was experiencing at that moment. It was everything. Like I was telling them my bio- my bowels were not doing good. My stomach was awful. Like everything and you know more of them were neurological i'm not gonna lie more of them were definitely more neurological so mm-hmm. they probably did link it to something else yeah because i mean and it, you know they were saying like your brain affects your body and maybe that's why your bowels are doing this weird yeah. thing and you know my yeah <laughs> they, they were stopped <laughs> from the top down not the not the bottom up yeah so also from my research like children with celiac disease are more likely to have what's called psychosocial impairment. Basically, their social skills are lacking. And I imagine that has to do in part with their brains not fully functioning properly because of their malabsorption of nutrients. Yes. And also, a lot of us experience something called brain fog. So when we are trying to be social, it comes off as awkward because we're kind of losing those thoughts of like when we're trying to have a conversation, we lose our train of thought so easily. And for mine, it's more linked with like ADD because I have that. But when it comes to celiac disease, if I've been glutened or like if I haven't been diagnosed yet, more likely to have brain fog and brain fog really messes you up in social situations. You're yeah. just like, what am I even what's going on? Right. Your brain feels like it's like melting. It's weird. It's so weird. But that makes so much sense. Yeah. So one other thing I, I found and now and this is admittedly I didn't read the paper. I read the headline of the paper. So take this with a grain of salt. It was a research into how a gluten-free diet will affect those that do not have celiac disease. And from scanning over it, it appeared to be that um, a gluten-free diet often does not contain the full nutritional like range of a diet that has gluten in it. So an individual like myself that eats completely gluten-free, well now I you know, cheat sometimes, may not receive all of the nutrients they may receive if they were eating a, a gluten-full diet. However, on the flip side of that, someone that is eating, someone that has celiac disease and is eating a gluten-full diet is going to absorb next to no nutrients. However, if they eat a gluten-free diet, they're gaining significantly more because their body's actually healing to the point where they can require those. So going on a completely gluten-free diet, if you do not have celiac disease, is actually a detriment to your health because you're you're limiting the, the range of nutrients that your body can absorb, essentially. So I guess my big question is when, because I have family members who are vegan, and this is different, but yeah. they got rid of meat and my uncle went vegan with them and so did my cousins. Yeah. And they were like, three i think my cousin was three when or two or three when they went vegan so can that also happen in different diets because of course like when you're reading gluten-free yeah of course it's probably it's probably detrimental but with vegan like any other diet keto like things like that is 
that also the case too? I mean, I would imagine so. I so have, it's I, like a, I haven't of... done research in it, but if you cut anything out of your diet, yeah. no matter what, you're limiting yourself from whatever nutrients that may provide. Now you potentially could find alternatives to collecting that nutrient. You know, like if you want protein, you get go to beans or soy or, or whatever else vegetable mm -hmm. has protein in it. But no matter what, if you cut something out of your diet, you're going to be missing it unless you can find an alternative to it. So what is someone who does not have celiac but is doing it for a family member or whatever, what are they missing out on? Is there like a type of vitamin you can take? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. You should um, read that. You I, should I, haven't, actually I haven't read that paper, read but it, I might Read now. it, read it, read it. Just so I, so, so we can know. I want to know now. I want to okay. know. So Because I, mean, I, I mean, you're because you're literally doing, you've been gluten-free for like two years now because we've lived together yeah. for two years and you do sometimes, you know, go out and eat gluten. But like, is there, you know, like a certain vitamin you might need to take or something? Because we ain't adding that back in. Sorry. <laughs> Long gone. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Because the wheat in the U.S., I don't know if y'all know this, but the wheat in the U.S. is poop. Yeah, so it's, all, it's all manufactured. Manufactured for real. I think that's why all these people are sick. Yeah. <laughs> as awful as that sounds. Eating but garbage. Anyway. <laughs> so my final piece of my research paper is actually how a gluten-free diet and other advances in medicine are helping individuals with celiac disease and gluten intolerance, you know, recover and then move forward. So a gluten-free diet alone drastically increases the amount of nutrients you're collecting, which is kind of a no-brainer because your body is healing. It's able to collect those nutrients. If gluten gets into the system, it all kind of shuts down, kind of like with allergies. And so when you cut that out, it can begin to heal and will come out of its closet and, and grab those nutrients as it needs them. So your body will continue to heal. Now, there's also some research into various enzyme therapies. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but there are like really long words with protein names. You know, those get crazy and they have a lot of acronyms. But essentially, there's proteins that can break down gluten so that if there is gluten present, it can break that down so that when it enters the small intestine, your body doesn't freak out. So essentially, mm. it would be a magic pill that you would take just before you eat something that might have gluten in it to prevent you from getting glutened, if you will. Hmm. So that it's still in like laboratory testing with like rats and stuff. I'm sure they're Oof. fine. Sorry. But rats. I mean it's it it's safe, more or less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there is hope in the future. I can't say there's something that would cure you. Yeah. But it would be like a was like a plan B. If you will. <laughs> are they enzymes produced by people who can eat gluten or are they enzymes that are like produced in factory oh, the, type stuff? They're like, like made science. from mushrooms and stuff. Oh. Yeah. They, the enzymes that they've, Yo, they've tested are coming from high? special mushrooms. No, they're not going like, to get high. <laughs> not like those kind of mushrooms. Lucid enzymes? It's, enzyme, it's enzymes and proteins that they've taken from plants and other stuff that Organic. That. Yeah. Cool. So in the future, it'd be like, oh, we go to a restaurant and they have a gluten-friendly option. You'd take your enzyme pill, wait 30 minutes, and then eat the meal. Would you try it? No, no, I wouldn't try it. I would definitely skip out on that. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're not going to risk it for the biscuit? Yeah, I'm not risk. The literal biscuit? The literal biscuit. I'm not risking nothing because I know that it's going to put me out. <laughs> it, or I mean, possible. It possibly. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to go through... A possible chance of yeah. missing a day of, you know, work or 
missing yeah. something. But I mean, so. for some people that desperately need that that meal, maybe it could be an option. Yeah, yeah. Like if they're, you know, they forgot their snack or something, they have some yeah, they good got, old pills to yeah, take. Yeah, you got your enzyme mushrooms. therapy pill that you take just real quick to yep. make sure that you're not going to feel like crap later. Hopefully. So we'll see. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll let others test it first. <laughs> yeah. Let them know, be the guinea pigs. Let them be the guinea pig for that. And then if it works out for them, I might test it, but I might test it at somewhere I kind of already know is safe. Like somewhere that has, no, I'm probably not going to test it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for us, when it comes to living gluten-free, we don't really eat out much. Like we save, I honestly I think, think we save a lot of money. We save a lot of money. Food. We spend a lot of money doing groceries. I think that's where that like takes out from. It's like a give and take type thing. But we, we do save a lot of money when it comes to going out because we really don't go out to eat a lot. Yeah, it's probably healthier too. It's way healthier. Yeah, it's a lot easier to, to go to. Not to brag, but yeah. it's probably healthier. Yeah. It's just kind for of. Us. It's, it's I mean, healthier for us. Yeah, it's yeah. not even like. It's just what we have to do is we have to make a lot of our own food because we have to make every, sacrifices for real. everywhere. If we were to eat out consistently, it's more expensive to eat gluten free in a lot of places. Yeah. Well, so. and I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, I, I do miss a good McDonald's hash brown Rip. or like you know wendy's spicy chicken nuggets stuff like that like i do miss it and like the fact that chick-fil-a this is so disrespectful the fact that chick-fil-a came out with mac mac and cheese right after like a year or two after i became gluten-free i'm still not over that like because mac because everyone knows mac and cheese is like life (laughs) for me yeah it's it's a lot healthier for us for us yeah to not eat out and to um, live this lifestyle and do this for our health, for mine mostly, but, you know, it's nice that you're following it too. Anyway, that is all for today's episode. We will be posting this, of course, on Spotify and all the other podcast channels, as well as YouTube, and then we will see you guys next Saturday. We hope you enjoyed this episode and... um, Thank you so much for watching. Remember to follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram, our TikTok, all of that fun stuff. And we will see you next week on the next episode of ETC. ETC. Bye. Bye.